listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who have, are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. Ill and you cared for me. In prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and imprisoned, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. Wow, what a reading, huh? Matthew 25. This is a really important one. Um, today uh, is the last Sunday of the ordinary time of the liturgical year of the church. It's Christ, Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Um, so next Sunday will be first Sunday of Advent. It's New Year's Day. It's the beginning of the new liturgical year. But today, at the very, very end of the whole liturgical year, Mother Church gives us this very poignant and powerful celebration. Uh, the readings and the prayers are focusing on something that is so essential, and that is that Jesus Christ is the King. And, um, you know, I was thinking, there are certain aspects of growing up in America, certain things about the American culture, certain ways of um, seeing things that are very stereotypical of this country that are really helpful for the faith. You know, there's, there's a lot of beautiful good things about our country, right? We have the virtue of patriotism, which means the love of one's country. It's a virtue. And uh, we, we love being here and we, we try to ask God to bless our country and we try to be good citizens and be, you know, faithful and to try to help everything progress and, and to be good, right? And, um, but also I think it's worth noting there are some aspects also of our culture, 
of the American way of seeing things, which are maybe contradictory to the gospel. So we have a, a big thing, the, the origins of our country was the rebellion against a king, right? When Americans hear the title king, we get a little nervous, like, oh no, they're gonna start taxing the T again, you know? <laughs> but uh, in the reality, I think of our faith that helps us to see, and, uh, and I don't mean to put down our country in saying this, but ultimately we're not Americans. That's not the deepest truth of our identity, right? We are citizens of the new Jerusalem. That's our real identity. And um, that kingdom, right? the Bible, Jesus himself in his teachings gives us the, the phrase kingdom to help us to understand what is this all about? And um, the kingdom has a king. The king is not elected. The king is anointed and chosen by God to lead. And in this case, Jesus Christ is the king of the universe. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let us remember this truth, this aspect of reality, which is so easily overlooked. God is God. God is in control. God is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our love, of our trust. He's worthy of our obedience. You know, God is not just one person amongst others. Like, who are you going to follow? He's in a completely different category. It's really what the word holy means, like other completely and totally other. And Jesus, what kind of a king is he? Boy, I, I would love to just offer like a whole class on this top. This is one of the big, big themes in the Bible. There's a lot here that I'm not gonna be able to cover in a homily. How much time do you have? You know? But if you really go and look at Jesus's teachings, so often he makes reference to this thing known as the kingdom of God. That is a very big theme in Jesus' teaching. What is this kingdom of God? How, how do we understand that Jesus is the king? Well, uh, I want to compare this to the passion and death of Jesus. Uh, another phrase you'll find in the Bible, that the king is the alpha and the omega. You've heard that before? Uh, and in the Bible, that's the first and last letters of the alphabet, the, the A and the Z, the beginning and the end. Uh, Jesus in his passion reverses the sin of Adam and Eve. If you do a little Bible study and you see the story of the book of Genesis that tells us about our first parents, this primeval fall, the original sin, this uh, breaking of the, the commandment God gave them, right? You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, and then there's the there's the effect of the sin and the punishment that Adam and Eve received from God. This is in Genesis chapter 3. There are parallels between that and what Jesus did in the redemption. So we're told that Adam will be working the ground to the sweat of his brow. And in the Passion, Jesus is sweat, right? We're told that the, the ground will bring forth thorns and thistles. Jesus' crown is a crown of thorns. And there's all these interesting parallels between the disobedience of Adam and Eve and the obedience of Jesus and Mary, the new Adam, the new Eve. There's a lot there. And as I was recently praying the Sorrowful Mysteries of the Rosary, I was praying the second and third Sorrowful Mysteries of the Rosary. That's the, the scourging at the pillar and the crowning with thorns. And I thought, you know, there was a big thing that the demons were inspiring the Roman soldiers to do. They were mocking Jesus's kingship, right? They put a crown of thorns on him and they, they mock him. Hail, king, you know, and 
There's something about the kingship of God that is so central to our lives. Um, when Jesus is finally crucified, you see an image of this above the altar here. Do you notice that the Romans would put a plaque over the condemned, and on the plaque they would list the, the crime they were guilty of? What was the crime Jesus was guilty of? They wrote it in three languages so everybody could understand. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Again, there's a, there's a demonic mockery of his kingship. There's a lot there, huh? Hmm, there's, there's, there's a lot there. And so I think this helps us to understand a little better what it means when we sin. What does it mean when we sin, when we disobey God? In some ways, every sin is a breaking of the first commandment. Every, you know, the first commandment, I am the Lord your God, you shall have no other strange gods before me. So every time we commit a sin, we turn away from God and we turn towards something else and we rebel, we disobey, we, in some ways, we reject his sovereignty, his kingship. And um, I think that there is a beautiful connection between the notion of the kingdom of God and the gift of our conscience that God has given each one of us, our conscience. We have to form our consciences according to what's true. And then the conscience guides us as we go through life and we have to make choices. We try to be obedient to God. And uh, it's, not a obe it's not an obedience that is oppressive, but it's an obedience that brings freedom. It's an obedience to what is true. It's an obedience to what is good. It's an obedience to what is loving. And uh, all of that is kind of contained in today's feast day. Uh, if Jesus has some connection to the origins of Adam and Eve, he's the Alpha, he also is the Omega. What is waiting for us? Where, what is the point that all of history is heading towards? It's what we heard in this gospel in Matthew 25. Everybody who will ever have lived from Adam and Eve till the very last people here on planet Earth, we will all be gathered together, Jesus, will be there and he will separate the sheep from the goats and there will be the great judgment of all of humanity together at one time. Um, this is the omega. This is the Z. This is the end point. This is what is waiting for us. And we don't know a lot about the future, but in Jesus's teaching, there are some things that we do know about the future. And so you, you wonder, why did Jesus feel that it was important to reveal this? There's a lot we don't know because he, he didn't reveal it, but what we do know must have been really important. You know that this life is not some random happenstance or you know, chance or the God who created the clock and he winds it up and then walks away. No, that uh, there is a reality above and beyond all the silliness that happens here. Above and beyond whatever political party you belong to or whatever country you grow up in, you know, there's a reality that's above and beyond all of that and it's the kingdom of God. And it's the, the call to, um, to live in that kingdom, the formation of your conscience for choosing what is good, what is true, what is beautiful, what is loving. And that we will give an account, surely when we die, but also at the end of time, we will give an account together as humanity. And uh, that is so important to know, huh? It's like Mother Church here at the end of the liturgical year has reserved one of the most important aspect of like what we need to know that this life is filled with meaning and purpose, that we have a king, we're living in a kingdom, and it's beautiful 
And we will be judged. We will give an account for what we did with this precious gift of our life. This precious gift, this valuable, meaningful, beautiful gift that we've all received. The the gift of being alive. Each single one of us are living and breathing and walking and talking evidence of God's love, God's presence, God's reality. And here at the end of the liturgical year, Mother Church invites us to take a moment to reflect on that that Jesus is the king, not just of this country, not even just of this planet. He's the king of the universe, of all creation, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, our savior, our savior. And uh, so at this mass, let us take a moment to think about this mystery, this mystery that makes sense of everything we go through in our lives, this call to live in the kingdom, the call to form our conscience, the call to be um, citizens of the heavenly Jerusalem. And uh, how, how, what does it mean for us? It's actually not very mysterious at all. It means love whoever's in front of you. If they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them a drink. If they're, you know, like it's, it's, it's not strange and mysterious. It's very practical, concrete, and simple. Love whoever's in front of you. And uh, I think with God's grace, we can do that, huh? And that's how we live in the kingdom. That's how the presence of God So Jesus says, don't look here, don't look there. Like the kingdom is in your midst. It's the presence of his grace in your heart working for for everything that is true and good and beautiful and loving. And uh, it is a message we so desperately need to hear these days. Um, Above and beyond all the silliness that's happening, um, there is a plan from above and it is God. And uh, what a joy, what an honor, what a privilege to be citizens of that country, to be uh, speaking the language of his love and to uh, cooperate with the coming of his kingdom and this little time that we all have. Amen. You've been listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the renewal. Please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. Thank you.